spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Oh, man. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, Don't stay up late and uh, watch your opponent that you're going to play the next week without checking to make sure you set an alarm. Uh, it's starting to get dark here in the, uh, the days are getting shorter and I like the dog woke me up and I'm like, it's a little bit bright out. Holy <laughs> bleep. What time is it? Um, so, uh, <laughs> good to see everybody. Um, the dog is actually joining me. He's, uh, on the ground here, chewing on something with a big old cone. So forgive me for being a little late and it's good to see everybody. What are we talking about? What's going on? Uh, I've been basically going through, um, through the chat a lot, honestly. Um, okay. Some of the over, you know, when you start having keys, you're like, okay, I've got some keys to this thing. One of the big ones that I wanted to talk about was, um, I don't know how uh, Las Vegas, I almost said Oakland, Mm. uh, how Las Vegas won their first three games against some really good teams after watching them against the Bears. They were awful. I mean, they were awful against Chicago. And um, most importantly, they were awful in the trenches, which is, you know, that's the, the, the scary part on that. And, and, of the awfulness, um, <laughs> the Knicks forgiveness fund. Thank you, Dave. Um, Man. <laughs> and and of the awfulness, Alex Leatherwood was the most awful I think I've ever seen at this yeah. level of level of awful. You know, he he made Jalen Mayfield look like an all pro. Yeah. He was so bad. Yeah, he uh, Jalen Mayfield, he's getting kicked into guard or he already was kicked into guard because he was so bad. Um, and, uh, that offensive line that used to be the Raiders strength is now one of the, uh, one of the worst, uh, in the league so far this year. So it's pretty co- concerning to see what they're going to do with that this year. And I got to give credit. I think why did the Raiders win their first few games? Um, two really good weapons that complement each other greatly. I mean, Darren Waller, there's probably Travis Kelsey is the only guy who's better at the tight end position right now. Um, now well, George Kittle too up there, but the, you know, phenomenal player and, uh, Henry Ruggs is starting to really, um, show out as well and also they have a good quarterback and when you have a good quarterback a franchise quarterback you you could you could literally win any game even if your offensive line isn't good enough if your defense isn't good enough you could win and you you gotta you gotta keep an eye on uh, on jacobs too you know he's a good cutback runner so you got to maintain discipline in your lanes um but jacobs you're not going to arm tackle him so if if you're not maintaining discipline and you flow and leave a gap the guy that's being blocked isn't going to reach out an arm and bring him down he's going to get his arm broken He's a ball um, ball. So he's 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 good too, but it was tough to uh it was tough to watch. It, I mm-hmm. said this and I was listening to the commentary because I couldn't quite remember when the news had broken about John Gruden and the apology at that point. It was all oh, he's come out and 
you know, maybe we can move past this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, this has happened because mm-hmm. they were, they were awful. I mean, they were awful. Yeah. Stupid penalties and bad, bad in the trenches. That's not a good combination. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, and I don't know if you already covered this, but um, the player who is gay um uh, whose name is escaping me right now former penn state player edge rusher um asked to take time off uh because of what's going carl on nasib. carl nasib um is it nasib or nasib i, just I don't know uh, okay. i read it as nasib okay um i want to i want to have one comment on this real quick um okay just because you know when when the when the michael sam stuff was coming out i'm like we're never really going to have true equality in this world until people have the same reaction to this type of stuff that I do, which is, I don't care. Can you get out yeah. the quarterback? I don't care. So I was watching this, uh, Nassib, Nassib, watching him, and I did a quick search. I'm like, you know, where, how much has he been playing? And that's when I saw a headline on on this that, you know, he is the, uh, the NFL's only openly. And I, I didn't know that. And I'm yeah. like, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. We are starting to slowly get to real equality where we don't make such a big deal out of all this stuff. It's fine. Do what you want. Can he get after the quarterback or not? That's all I care about. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, he's been solid this year. Length pass rusher, um, former Penn state Nittany lion. And uh, he's taken some time off uh, recently because of everything that's going on. So, I mean, that's a distraction. I know Darren Waller also did not participate. Now is it because of what's going on with Gruden or not? Uh they did not say, but um, he's he did not participate also. So this is a team that's in disarray uh, with everything going on. And uh, if you heard me talk Tuesday morning or Tuesday night, this is a team that the Broncos better damn well beat. And we got Peter Middleton coming in saying coffee for Nick. Nick has not had his coffee yet. Nick would have loved his coffee. But, you know what uh, wakes you up better than coffee? Panic. Panic. Panic wakes you up really well. I'm late. <laughs> I am. Oh, man. You should have seen me hop out of that bed. I had an alarm set I thought, for like you know, 550, typically what I do. And uh, I think I just like, okay, I can just lay here for five minutes. Gone. Um, so uh, I'm good to keep going for a little bit. I am, I'm, I'm feeling alive. I'm glad to join you guys. <laughs> and I'm really sorry to everybody. Um, but uh, here we are. I'm like, I mean, at some point, I'm really afraid I'm going to sleep through. I was just thinking this yesterday. Here we are. Shouldn't have thought it. Um, but thank you very much for the, the stars there, Peter. It's great to see. Um, and Chris Hernandez coming in. Nick made it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're here. Um, but it's yeah, I can also say I finally pulled a Chad slash Zach. Um, that's yeah, just planning. Nick- I, I, I didn't oversleep. This, I'll, I'll, I'll start when I'm good and ready. Oh man, I'm typically so that's not, how, that's not how Nick and I uh operate, that's for sure. 
No, not at all. Nick made it, but uh, we're here. And it, it uh, hits nine thirty one on my clock. I'm like, I start to shake. Like, yeah, people are, people are waiting. I don't like people waiting. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but hopefully the uh, the Raiders seem like they slept in too. Uh, this, this upcoming Sunday, um, this is the last time we're gonna, you and I are gonna get a chance to talk before the uh, the game. And obviously, we can go a little bit longer if you're if you're feeling up to it. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I'm just finishing my coffee now, so I'm good. Now I don't have to talk the entire time. Uh, <laughs> I've done okay that a few with times. The chat, we can go a little longer. I said I got a, a spoiler alert. I will be taking Chad's place on Mile High Huddle tonight. Mm, um, nice. So that should be interesting because, uh, like, we, we um, Zach and I haven't ever exchanged ideas, and we see eye to eye on several things, but we see we're we're really opposite on some others. So that that could be a fun show. Must see TV. All right. Well, I'm tuning in. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that'll be fun. Uh, so Raiders game. Um, obviously, this is a huge one. Broncos, would you say this is a must win for this team this year for Vic Fangio for everything? Because it's getting the, close. The it's getting close. Fun. You go, you start three and zero and finish zero and three against the, the 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 better competition, and all of a sudden you're gonna lose belief yep, from exactly. your players, and the they fans. will they'll 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 go like this. I know which way the wind's blowing and, and, yep. and they stop playing for the guy. Um, you know, you can struggle and, and still have belief and just like, listen, we're a couple years away. We don't, we don't have the right guys. But when you look around the locker room and you say, you know, we got the guys here where we don't have it is, is up there upstairs in the booth or on the sidelines. And those guys will know, I just, I just have to buy my time. I've got a contract. I just have to buy my time and I will be here next year. He won't. Yep. And they check out. And I, I think it is definitely a, a concern that you go three and three here, that it, it could go the wrong direction. The, the one, the, the big positive is you should, you should start getting some of your players back yeah. and that will inject a boost of energy into the team uh, that you're not going to get from necessarily the coaching staff, no matter, no matter what. So those yeah. guys coming back and they're excited to play and they're excited to get back out there. That stuff can be infectious too. Yeah, they. Uh, I would say this is a must win. Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to divulge, but it does sound like while Shermer might not be um, fired from this game, just from talking with people that connected more connected than I'm. I don't think Shermer will be fired if the Broncos come out flat. It does sound like he's, he will lose uh, play calling duties or responsibilities, and that'll fall on Mike Shula, who's was the offensive coordinator for Shermer with the Giants. Um, so at least it's somebody who's done it before. Um, but uh, Shermer would probably still be kept around for game planning, scheming, et cetera, but he would just simply lose play calling responsibility. So, um, and that, I mean, when you start to have that happening, it does seem like the writing's on the wall, right? Like the guys are starting to lose their jobs, essentially not their job job, but like what they're doing, they're shifting to power dynamics and you're reeling and, you know, definitely right. Players can tell which way the wind is blowing. Yep. Uh, that's, that's concerning. And then you go to the Browns on a short week, who is probably the definitely a top four team in the AFC, uh, the best um, pass rush in the NFL so far this year, the highest pass rush win rate. I mean, Miles Garrett's playing at a defensive player of the year level. Uh, J. Davion Clowney has been great for them. Malik McDowell, who was a phenomenal player at Michigan State, total idiot. Uh, I'll just say that, you know, he's had multiple things off the field, but really talented. Um, and they're getting after it. So, uh, man, you could be looking down the barrel of a four-game lose, losing game streak like that. So, uh, I, I really do think this, this is a must win. You better get it. Um, and if they lose this game, it would suck. Um, but nothing would be worse than coming out as flat, low energy as we've seen the first two halves last time. Like, you know, the, the, you're fighting for your life right now. Go out there and like show it. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so upset about the energy in that Steelers game. 
And yeah, and and what do we say? It's okay to lose, you know. After getting whipped by the Ravens, what do you need? To see? You need to see a response. Yep. If you go to Pittsburgh and lose, okay, but you've got to see a response. And I don't feel like I don't feel like we saw it. No, I don't. I don't feel like we saw one at all. Now, nope. were there any lingering issues uh, with Teddy Bridgewater and the concussion, uh, those type of things? And as I've said multiple times, I feel like the injuries finally showed up in this game where on a talented team, it's not always going to be the same players that are the players of the game that are going to be the ones that elevate your, your, your level. And maybe it's not Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Maybe it's, um, you know, KJ Hamler or it's Jerry Judy who has the matchup this year. And those guys are gone. Now I touched on this earlier and I want you to hit on this because you'll know a hell of a lot better than me. Okay. I feel like internally in our own little bubble here that sometimes you can overrate your own players. Oh, um, and, you know, it's easy to throw all this on the coaches. Well, the coordinator is not getting the best out of this guy. The coordinator is not getting the best out of that guy. Is it possible that Noah Fant just isn't as good as we think he should be for a first round pick? Totally. Yeah, easily. Um, he's obviously a first round player, but uh, and he was really featured at Iowa, but that was, you know, the Big Ten. Not many teams are, can guard two first-round tight ends. He's also the second tight end drafted from his team. Um, and at Iowa, there were some some issues with, like, you know, being dialed in and whatnot. Like, he didn't always have uh, eye-to-eye with the uh, the coaching staff there. Um, so I think he's, you know, he's a good player, and he's well-spoken, and he's intelligent. But maybe he is slightly overrated. I mean, he does have some issues. He's not always the... He wasn't always the best route runner at Iowa getting separation. He didn't always uh, track the football the best. That was an issue with him. And he just kind of played a little linearly. So um, that was something that, sorry, <laughs> got cone head behind me here. Um, that's, that's what happens when you have to panic and run up here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the, uh, there is definitely a chance that Noah Fant is not as good as we built him up to be in our heads. And that's true for, you know, maybe it's true for Bradley Chubb as well. Maybe that's true for, uh, Drew Locke or Garrett just, Bowles, what we you know, saw last you know, year. Some of the, the rhetoric that we hear across the channels is, you know, Fangio, uh, is ruining this guy. He's still in the develop of that guy. He's like, you know, maybe, and I'm not, I'm not here. I'm certainly not a Shermer apologist. I'll get all over the, the fact that you got Javante Williams making highlight runs every week. <laughs> this is what we're all about at Broncos for breakfast. We are all about uh family. Uh, I'll talk about schemes and everything, but you know, as far as ruining guys, you know, maybe they weren't that great to begin with. You know, what you know me, I throw so much at the evaluation department and the evaluation and scouting and that because that's that's my background. That it's like, well, maybe some of these guys were just misses and they're not living up to their billing, and it's not all on this guy or that guy because it's so much easier as fans to think, man, if I just change this one thing. Everything's going to be great. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's maybe there's more problems than we think. No, absolutely. And uh, you know, yeah, you always think like all these things are going to work out perfectly, right? You took the first round tight end; he's going to develop, et cetera, et cetera. Did Bradley Chubb going to be a great player? And he's been good, but you know, it just does not always work out according to plan. I would say there are teams that uh, struggle more so uh, than the Broncos in that regard as well. But uh, that's fandom. I mean, it's. Something that you were on the show Tuesday night, but Carl and I always, you know, people like rag. It's people too close to the situation, right? And like, it's like either they're way too good. They they think they're way too good 
or they're way too bad. Like the Broncos offensive line, the worst offensive line ever. Why don't they ever invest in the offensive line? Well, they have, and they're not the worst offensive line ever. You're just not seeing the quality of the offensive line across the NFL right now because it's bad. Um, the same goes for like tight end, you know, no fan, no best tight end in the AFC West, like, well, or one of the best in the AFC um, coming into the season. Like, well, look at Darren Waller, look at uh, Mark Andrews, what he's been doing. I mean, it's just, you know, not the case. So um, we got to Lawrence Rivera coming in here saying, I think Noah is a star just used wrong. And that's the thing too. Like Noah fan, he's not, maybe not playing as well right now. Um, the, he needs to get more involved, but you don't quit on talent. And he's still really young. Yeah, and and I don't, well. again, going back to Lawrence's point, I don't want him single up blocking on, no. on uh, TJ Watt. No, I want him in cover. If, if he's, I want him, I want Watt worried about fan, not vice yeah. versa. You know, yeah. I, I gotta get, I gotta get him some help. If, if we're going to make a running play against, you know, a former MVP type mm-hmm. um, that that's just, Poor, but you know, on on Tuesday when we did Broncos for breakfast, I highlighted just how badly uh, that the, the scheme against Watt was. Like they didn't mm-hmm. put a hat on him the first four running plays, not a one, or at least not anybody above two hundred fifty pounds. The first one was they tried to run away from him and didn't block him. Yep. He just flat out didn't block him. Think he can make back? Think he can go backside and and, and pursuit and make a play? Yeah, he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. next one was a fullback and the next one was no fan. I'm like, you know, that's not going to cut it. That, yeah. That's not going to cut it. So I want Fant to worry about, I want, I want Watt to worry about what my weapons are doing. You know, yeah. how are you going to do your job? And if you're just going to pin your ears back and go, I'll dump a screen over your head to one of these guys. Yeah. And it's the thing about Shermer and uh, not to make it too Falcon centric here, but like you heard me talking yesterday morning, how impressed and, just what everything's doing. Arthur Smith and that offensive um, game planning staff is doing with not only Kyle Pitts, who's playing big slot and being moved around a lot, but Cordero Patterson as well, you know, and they're maximizing what those guys do best and building the scheme around them. Big complaint about Shermer is that he has his scheme and then whatever players he has, he's going to plug them into those roles. You know, no matter what very much, my scheme is more important than what my players do best. Um, So, it's been an issue. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't ever believe in that. That's an, that's an arrogant. I mean, all coaches are arrogant. Of course, that's how they get there. Uh, but that's an arrogance that is detrimental to the welfare of the team yep. where, you know, the best coaches, it's a cliche for a reason. They're going to adjust their scheme to the talent that they have available to them yep. um, without a doubt. And, you know, Moron here makes a, you know, a, a really good point. It's hard to tell what the talent is with all of the problems. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, my question just as a, a devil's advocate here is do some of these problems stem from the fact that they're not as good as we think they are? Um, but I, I I agree with Mo here on this, that I've seen some scheming things that are just head scratching and we, everybody's seen the injuries. We certainly know that. Um, so I, I agree with you on here. So um, my, my guy, my question on that was a little bit just trying to spark the conversation a little bit and play a little devil's advocate um, because I think this, this offense is pro there's no, probably this offense is underperforming based on the talent available to him. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, I don't know if the quarterback is playing that poorly. I mean, he's playing about as much as anybody, at least I should have expected. And uh, maybe people got a little over their skis with the first three games, but he's still like top three in the NFL and completion percentage over expected EPA per play. Um, the area where his stats really 
fall short is third and long, which are third down, which the Broncos are averaging third and eight. So Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, you're losing on first and second down to get to that. And then the red zone, but in the red zone, the Broncos have been running the football in. Um, So their red zone rate hasn't been good. And the play calling has not been great either. And he's got to be better there too, but I don't think it's a, it's a problem I'm screaming about yet at the TV. Um, So that's got to be better. And I do want to ask you how much of this, what you've seen, how much of the Broncos struggles on offense besides bad play calling, blah, blah, blah. They just don't have any quick hitters right now on the offense. Every single one of their weapons is this slow developing guy. I mean, Cortland Sutton, his ankles issues, and he's coming off the knee injury too. He's not doing much in the short game right now. Tim Patrick, you know, he's good, but go ahead. I think, I think that's definitely part of it. Again, uh, you miss Jerry Judy a lot. Um, He should be your number one receiver right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Sutton could be that guy, but he's not quite there right now. I mean, right now, if I'm watching this for the first time, I'd say, who, who's the Denver Broncos' number one receiver? I go, well, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick's yeah. the number one guy. And coming into the season, you know, he's at best your three uh, yeah. is what you're normally thinking. So when your three becomes a one, you're going to be a little bit more limited. And as far as the slow, um, the slow developing stuff, it doesn't help when your interior line isn't playing that well. Because... Yeah. If I can be Garrett Bowles or Bobby Massey and just extend an arm and just push a guy around, that buys enough time for my quarterback to step up and make a play. Mm-hmm. When they're collapsing the middle of your offensive line, yep. all of a sudden your passing lanes are blocked, your vision is blocked, and now I don't have anywhere to go. So how is anything supposed to develop if my my interior offensive line is getting pushed back? So that's where there's been as much of a problem for me. So it is the injuries. And then we need to see better play across the board on the interior line where we've played five guys through yeah. you know five games. You got your center and then you played four different guards because of uh, because of injuries and whatnot. So and some of that will get better. I, I, yeah. I truly believe some of that will get better through development of, of you know, someone like Miners of mm-hmm. Glasgow coming in and out and getting healthier. Muti developing. He's not quite there yet. And then, and then Reisner being put in a place where he's going to be playing to his strengths, which might be a little bit opposite of someone like Miners. So, a yeah. um, lot of factors in there. But right now, for me, the the biggest, the two biggest factors for this the the offensive struggles right now are injuries and interior line play. Yep. Injuries and interior line play. I mean, maybe some play calling as well, right up there. But uh, Peter, I makes a good point. Also, uh, said this earlier, but Fan is playing injured. Fan is playing injured. That's something we want to talk about too. You know, talk about Fan. Is he living up to expectations, or is he as good as we think? Fan has been playing injured almost every single year. Now I know it's the NFL, and you got to, you know, injuries are going to happen. But also, there are injuries he's playing through. And to what extent, you know, I commend him for that. But also, the fact that he's been injured every year and maybe that's impacting his play is a factor you have to consider with not only, you know, what his return on investment has been, but if they are going to uh, pay him to retain him. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, just something to keep in mind. And, you know, it's a really from where I'm sitting, gosh, I, I hate, you know, I don't like saying like, Oh, maybe it's, you know, he's too injury prone because I'm sitting here, you know, eating potato chips and, you know, drinking a beer, like, you know, he, God bless him for going out there and being injured and playing and doing his job. No, but there's something the, you the, the phrase you start, about. the way you start talking about that is only 4% of universities in the U S are R one research institutions and temple university is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. 
With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Visit. I, I, can't, I can't justify another contract for him because I can't trust him to be on the field when I need him. Yeah, um, well, he's, he's playing through it, but it's like, how much is it? Are we getting like 70% of yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not justifying the, the, he wouldn't justify the, again. You said it, the ROI, yeah. you're going to pay him like a top five tight end. I need production like a top five tight end. Yeah. And, exactly. uh, and you're not getting it right now for one reason or another. It might not be his fault at all. And, and, and he should be commended for playing through pain and, and getting out there when he can, but that's not how this league works. You yeah. know, you don't get rewarded for that. Uh, over, you know, uh, for your next contract, you know, thanks for being tough uh, and sticking it out, but we already paid you. We're not paying you again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Broncos still have what, two and a half years of control on him. So there's still plenty of hope. Um, Shermer until the last two games had been using two tight ends more. Now, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't been going to them as much as you'd hope. Now, is that the scheme? Is that the quarterback making the decision? something we can't answer from where we sit unless we, you know, well, sit down. I don't, I don't have any doubt that Teddy and his skill set would like to use the tight end. It's short passes, you know, to the, to the hash marks. Yeah. That's, that's right in his wheelhouse. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily put that one on. Uh, Teddy wants to go somewhere else. No, I think Teddy would love to hit the tight ends. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be more involved. Um, they need to get Saubert more involved while Alberto Cuevanam is injured, play more 12 personnel, maybe even get Andrew Beck more involved. Um, this is a team that, you know, right now they are, they're soft. I guess that's, that's the way to put it. It really sucks. But th- this is a team that's been mostly soft other than some players who are not soft. Um, like Javonta Williams, not playing soft. Uh, Jackson, Kareem Jackson, definitely not soft. Alexander Johnson, not soft, but the, the, some of the, they're just kind of a finesse team. And, are you going to out finesse the chargers right now? Are you going to out finesse the chiefs right now? And what no. happens when the AFC North comes in who are brawlers? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, you know, everybody get your coffee ready, get a drink. Um, but like, it's like if the Iowa Hawkeyys like, you know what, we're going to play air raid and drink. Put, yeah, put five wide receivers okay. on the we, field. We can do the same thing when I say Falcons too. It's yeah, just, you, you, you make comparisons to things, you know, the best. Yes, exactly. But right now they're just, they, this is the team that was supposed to zig when other ones zag. Um, and uh, right now they're playing finesse. So, uh, Tim, I got I got to I got to be honest with you here. Um, I thought I was too late to catch you guys. I thought I was too late to join. Um, Nick woke up and his phone said it was 715 and uh, he full on heart attack panic and is like, well, first woke up. saw, oh, my gosh, it's a little light out. Oh, my gosh, it's a little light out. Look, called Scott. And he said, are you OK? I'm OK. I'm just slept through. I was up, I honest to God was up late watching the Raiders bears and that put me to sleep. Um, and, uh, slept through that first alarm or hits news. And that was it. But, uh, we got Brent coming in, uh, $3 over on YouTube, uh, with the super sticker. Thank you very much, Brent. I'm glad you could join us this morning. Glad everybody could join us. Glad I could join us. And, uh, shout out to Scott for, um, uh, giving us, uh, holding down the fort for a little bit. God, uh, I'm embarrassed, but I'm glad I could make it a little bit, uh, at all. So thank you guys. So I was actually, while you're doing that, I was, I was going to look up cliques. He says, Pitts is starting to heat up, but not like Burrow and Chase. I'm like, what has Jamar Chase been doing? Oh my gosh. He's been amazing so far um, down the field vertically. Now there's been some plays where it's been, you know, close to a bad decision by Burrow or whatever, but like Chase 
as an average depth of target and like just as a wide receiver, he looks like one of the best in the game immediately. Um, he's been incredible. He really has been incredible. I, I think the Miami Dolphins really – I still think they came out ahead, but they screwed up. You know, they they, they screwed up. They got a, a – the, the player that they really wanted was Jamar Chase. Yep. You know, that was the guy that they wanted. Well, then they get three first-round draft picks, and they overpaid to move back up and still didn't get Jamar Chase. Yeah. You know, so uh, who'd they get? They took Jalen Waddell, right? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, good should be a good player. He's a little, little light, in the, light in the seat where, you know, Jamar Chase was a, a grown man. Um, yeah. You know, this was such a good draft that he didn't get the type of plaudits that, that he should. He's, he's a top two or three pick in most drafts uh, instead of falling down. So there was this was this draft was so much fun. We'll, we'll look back and, you know, that's how it felt while we were covering it. Now, we'll yeah. let hindsight prove. But, you know, the skill guys that have gone in the top 10, I think, have certainly lived up to it. And as far as the quarterbacks go and the hype that surrounds them. Let me uh, let me use this, put this phrase, and just burn it in your mind. The NFL is hard. The NFL yeah. is hard, and those guys are going to bad teams. So, am I surprised that they're struggling? No. Uh, we said all along, if you thought this was a playoff team, you don't go with a quarterback with a top ten pick. Yeah. If you, you go, it's a rebuild. Um, the the 49ers did it, but they traded up into it, and uh, yeah. you know they felt they already had the pieces to do it. Um, but you know if that this was that this was a quarterback of the future. The future is not now. Future yeah. is still moving. Now just don't get these guys killed. Yeah. Uh, that's the scary thing is when you go to a bad team like that is that you're going to get them killed. And compoundingly bad. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins traded up. They traded back from 3 to 12, but then they traded up from 12 to 6, giving up their first-round pick. I think right now their first-round pick is number 3 overall, if the draft was today, which is not good. Um, and Nope, leave me alone. <laughs> and then um, the... Uh, Tua is not playing great. And they took Jalen Waddle instead of a offensive lineman. And Tua has been playing dinged up because their right tackle is bad. And their offensive line is bad. Worse than the Broncos guys, believe it or not. I know crazy um, <laughs> for some of you, um, but they, uh, you know, it's been an issue. And now they have those picks. They used it on a speed wide receiver Tua doesn't look like he might actually be an answer. I mean, he's fine, but is he a franchise quarterback? I don't know. Well, based on we'll, what I've seen. we'll give him a chance. I mean, he broke his yeah. ribs in week two. Yeah. So yes, exactly. um, Nick fell back asleep again. Oh, froze up with your eyes closed. It was kind of funny. Um, oh, Brent Ayers, uh, for, for your fantasy football folks, uh, is Kyle Pitts the real deal? Yes. Yes, he is. Um, he, he's, he's going to be a Calvin Johnson esque type of weapon, uh, for the next 10 years. He's, he's the, he's the real deal. Um, flat out. I mean, uh, Calvin Ridley could end up walking in a, in a, in a year or two. And he was a double holdback coming out of high school. So even when he come, when he plays the first year of his second contract, I think he turns 29 that year. Hmm. So he entered the league at 20, he was 24 as rookie season. So, you know, how much are you going to give him? And he hasn't stepped up to be a number one type uh, this year. The production was there last year. So talking fantasy right now, Calvin Ridley could be available next year. And uh, Kyle Pitts, if you're in a keeper league, get him and keep him. The real question is, is Matt Ryan going to be available next year? Uh, in what way? Is he going to be with the Falcons? That's what I mean. Yeah, he'll um, he'll play next year. Nothing happens with Matt Ryan until after until June of 2022. 
So he's there at least a year and a half based on unless he would avoid his contract or something, which guys don't do. Uh, no. It's too cost prohibitive. It ended up being like a quarter of the salary cap um, in dead money if he left. Yeah, no. Yeah, and the dog wants – it's not that he uh, wants to go outside or anything. He just is a classic golden retriever. Summit. Pay Summit, attention come. to me. Yeah, come here. Come. Yeah, he's always – he's a uh, single dog household, right? So he's just always wants the attention. Um, but, yeah, no, that's a – that's too bad about Matt Ryan because he's one that – obviously Aaron Rodgers is the dream, but uh, if Matt Ryan was available, um, I would be interested. I think he's still a very competent quarterback now. Has he lost a little bit of mustard on that arm? Yeah, he has. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Khalil coming in saying, no, we don't want Matt Ryan. I mean, I want competent quarterback play. Um, and Matt Ryan is a beyond competent Matt, quarterback. Matt Ryan is Peyton Manning light. They're very, very yeah. similar. Uh, mm-hmm. he's not Peyton Manning, but he's Peyton nope. Manning light. And you, you could win a lot of games with him. I, I just looked up in his last three games. He didn't have his two wide receiver, two top receivers and Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Um, Ridley hadn't played at all. And you guys are like, who exactly? Those are the weapons that he's got on offense for yep. uh, for the receivers right now. Um, his his rating for the last three games would put him fifth in the NFL, playing for that offensive line in uh, in the Atlanta Falcons. He's, he's a good quarterback. He yeah he uh, I think he's underappreciated in Atlanta because he's been there so long and they uh, they've had their ups and downs. Yeah, I mean you start looking around the league, like who else would even be an option if it's not Aaron Rodgers? Maybe Russell Wilson, but he doesn't sound like he wants to go to Denver. Probably not Deshaun Watson. Probably just put that one. Talk about putting Matt on ice. Let's put Deshaun Watson on ice. Um, Kirk Cousins? Mm, No, thank you. Pass. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Hell no. (laughs) Andy Dalton, another retread? No, thank you. I mean, at that point, I'd rather just play frickin' Drew Locke again or um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, we'll see. But like, I think Matt Ryan is probably the second best quarterback that our third best, not including Russell Wilson, that might be available. So we'll yeah, see. And, and Gary, what we've, we've said in the past when we were going through all the Aaron Rodgers talks, if you don't get a guy like that, somehow uh, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, you know, forget the off field stuff. I'm just talking, you know, availability and talent. Uh, and who's the third one that you mentioned that might be available? Not Russell Wilson. That seems like a little bit of a reach. Um, then I have thought since before I saw a snap this season, Teddy Bridgewater ends up being your quarterback next year while the guy you draft to replace him sits behind him. Ha, huh, man. I'm all the way out right now on the 2022 quarterback class. It just does not. I, I think Matt Corral is fun, but uh, he's a pure RPO quarterback. Um, I don't know how he can operate a drop back at all. You think Zach Wilson is struggling in structure right now? Corral's going to be struggling even more because he doesn't have the ability to extend plays that uh, the natural ability to extend plays that uh, Wilson has. And uh, I like, um, gosh, uh, name is giving me right now. Liberty quarterback, Malik Willis. Malik Willis. He's a fun player, but um, he's a little bit erratic with his decision-making. He's throwing to pretty much wide-open guys, um, and he's going to need a year to do it. Now, maybe that's the guy to do it, but he and might be the best. Yeah, you, know, you go 500, he might be available at 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. And then you take that guy and sit him for a year. Uh, but we said all along, if Teddy Bridgewater wins this job, yep. then you have a new quarterback in 2023. So yep. um, I agree with you there. And also yeah. I, this might be revolution, not revolutionary, but like I really, the quarterback is so important and maybe it's not the best use of resources, but like until you get the quarterback, right. It's in today's league. Good freaking luck. Why not just draft one every freaking year? Like in the first round, I don't like, why has nobody done that? It's that important of a position. Wouldn't be that much different than taking, you know, trading three first rounders for one, right? Yeah. I, I'd rather take one every single year than trade three first rounders for one. Cause I'm really increasing my odds. 
And uh, guess what? We saw Josh Rosen have as bad of a season as, you know, any quarterback ever in the last five years, right? For a full season. And they got an early second round pick for trading him back. So uh, I, I don't know, man. I know the teams don't do that. And there's something to be said about like locker room dynamics, but like, you know, you can't be afraid of, you know, well, having the, the guy deals that you couldn't do that. It, it used to be so stupid where the highest guy in the draft was the in the, in the highest paid guy in the league was the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft. That was insane. I'm yeah. glad they, they Sam Bradford. They, <laughs> I'm glad they figured that out. And it's like, let's cap the rookie contracts so we can pay our veterans and people that have actually played a game. Cause otherwise it was so risky to take a quarterback. You'd, you'd cripple your franchise for four years. If you missed on a guy in the top five. Yep. Not the case anymore. Um, you do have to play a little bit of dead cap games. If that you know happens, like you're going to eat a good amount of dead cap with a, especially a top 10 first round pick if you're trading them. Um, but it's just that important position. And I think the Cardinals should be a lesson and what's going on with Miami right now should be a lesson. Maybe they should have taken a quarterback at three. Maybe they should have taken uh, Trey Lance. You I, know, I, I said that and then I I'm willing to, to walk back on that one until we see Tua because you know, he's one and O as a starter this year. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he went out early against the bills and they've been giving up a ton of points. He should be back this week. Uh, Tua should be back this week against uh, the Jags. You know, and if you're ever going to get healthy, uh, pun intended, play on words intended. If you're ever going to get healthy, the Jags are probably the team to do it. So let's uh, let's see how he goes. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Somebody, do you feel better about hitting your franchise quarterback if you have Tua or Tua plus Lance? It's like that kind of thing, and it's that important. Where I know there'll be backlash and whatnot, but I mean, you've yeah, got to start to get. I wasn't it. sold on Lance. Um, no, that 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 level going back to the Malik Willis thing, and and I. Again, I like Justin Fields a lot. Um, yeah. Again, he's one of any of the rookie quarterbacks. None of them are – I think the four rookie quarterbacks are Five. 29, 30, 31, and 32 in the ranking in the ratings right now. Yeah. And I think uh, you go one more up, I think it's Sam Darnold um, at, at, uh, for, for the Carolina Panthers. So um, I, I I wouldn't have felt great about, about Lance, depending on – if they could have gotten him, stayed at three and taken him, okay – Maybe, but yeah. um, it's know, just a probability I don't see thing. that that is being a huge upgrade on paper over what you had in Tua. Yeah, it, I, for me, it's just more of the probability and how important it is in hitting that guy. And also quarterbacks retain their value more. Like right now, if there was an open market trade, even though he's played as bad as anybody, um, Sam, Sam Darnold, right? What he got? Two second round picks back for Sam Darnold? They got and, one. Uh, Wasn't it got, one? Okay, he got one second and some, there was something else too. I don't know. Uh, I think it was one and then they picked up his option right away. So they're in yeah. for another, you know, 17 million for him next year. They're paying $40 million to have the 25th or 26th best quarterback in the league right now. So, yeah, but they, they traded him and that's, you know, good. They got value for him. Uh, the jets did maybe Zach Wilson is the different version of Darnold. I don't know. Maybe the jets are just cursed. Who knows? Um, but then like you have, let's say Sam, uh, Saquon Barkley is available. You're not going to get a second for Saquon right now with his injuries and the position he plays. So it's just a, even if you take the wrong quarterback early, a lot of times you can still flip that guy for value if he doesn't work out. So I don't know. I know that it's like, you can't be afraid. Like if you're afraid that you're going to upset your potential young quarterback um, before drafting another guy, guess what? He's probably not the guy because yeah, there's, he's, he's going to have to fight again, for your whole life. And, uh, you can tell that you've been here, Nick. Our numbers are up significantly. Uh, I, I made the joke earlier. I'm like, you can tell Nick's a popular one on this podcast because when I was watching it go up, to it'd go up and then it'd be like, oh, it's that guy. And I'd watch the numbers no, go back no. down. So <laughs> no, 
not true. Um, that's for sure. Now, well, yeah, guys, I'm sorry that I slept in a little bit. I'm glad we could still get in some quality time. Been here for, you know, 40 minutes now, 45 minutes talking some ball. It's been great. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on, Scott, before we get on out of here? I know this is, a, this is our last chance together before the Raiders game, but uh, yeah, I know that you're going to get a chance to talk. Let's hit a let's hit a prediction. Okay. What do you think? I got a. Let me look it up. It's Raiders at Broncos. Denver by three and a half. Over under a forty four. I'm gonna go over. I think this is a game that uh, Derek Carr is. The Broncos play soft zones and they don't get much uh, send much blitzes. So what does that mean? There's spots available underneath, and if you're a patient quarterback, accurate underneath, you can move the ball down, matriculate the ball down the field for you, uh, Hank Stram fans out there at home boo the chiefs though. Uh, but uh, I think that, that, that they'll put up some points, but I think the Broncos are going to put up some points too. Um, this is a game where uh, the Raiders so far this season <clears throat> have not really blitzed. Also, they prefer to get pressure at the front four and that's kind of fallen off pretty recently. Um, it was doing very well early, but then, you know, Yannick and Gakway, Max Crosby, um, their other guys have not been as good the last two weeks. So uh, I think this is going to be a game that's going to hit the over. And I think the Broncos are going to win this one. 31 to 20. I think they'll cover. I think the Raiders are. I'm, maybe I'm trying to manifest it too, because like if the Broncos lose this, this is going to be really bad. I mean, the place is going to just fall apart. Uh, the fan base is just going to fall apart uh, because you cannot lose to the Raiders with what's going on with them right now. So I'm going to go 31 20 just because any other reality is unacceptable. At 44, I do like the under. Okay. Um, you think a low scoring game? I do. I do like the under uh, the Broncos offense hasn't been playing very well, um, even against a really, you know, they haven't been playing very well. And even against a team that is giving up some points and doesn't look that great right now in the Raiders, the way they played, I don't expect them to go out and throw up 30 points. So even if they're 24 and they hold them to 14, you're looking at 38 and you're still on the under. So even mm -hmm. 24 to 17, 21 to 17 in that neighborhood, you're still under. So I like the under in this one. I feel better about the under than I do about a pick in this one. However, I would go uh, Denver Broncos 24-17. I think uh, they're the better team. And as long as the rallying cry for the Raiders of we're embarrassed and we're going to go out there and be pissed off doesn't uh, – doesn't take over and it shouldn't being home makes a difference for this one. Uh, being, being, uh, being in Denver with, you know, 70,000 screaming people up, up in the altitude at mile high that I, I think Denver comes out and they're up four and two and people will complain that they didn't score more points. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, I key the key to the game Broncos starting fast. Um, that's one that really upsets me. Last week, had the Ravens game, um, the Steelers game, they started off slow, but now you have the home fans in front of you. Give them a reason to cheer. Give them a reason to support you. Because this fan base, you know, everybody can say what they want about it. Avs started again. Diego Avs, Rockies, Nuggets are great right now. This is Denver's a Broncos town. This team wants, the fan base wants to support you. But if you come out and play bad, boring football to start against the Raiders in a do or die week, this fan base is going to turn on you. And rightfully so. So, um, um, uh, Go ahead, Scott. Let's get this one. Yeah, let's right hit this one, up. Dave. Uh, on uh, Tua, Mac, or Gino, uh, I would never start Gino Smith. <laughs> um, so it comes down to Mac or Tua. Tua's coming off broken ribs going against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has the eighth worst passing defense. However, despite their 4-1 and one start, the Dallas Cowboys 
have the second worst passing defense. They've given up 10 passing touchdowns and almost 1,600 yards in five games. So I think Mac Jones might be the way to go on this one. Um, I would be looking in the waiver wire for a different quarterback, though, Dave. But uh, yeah. I'd probably go. I'd probably go Mac Jones on this one out of out of those three. Uh, I agree with you there. And Dallas, Trevon Diggs is having a great year with the interceptions, um, but uh, they he's given up a lot of yards and receptions too. So boomer bust, very much so. Um, we got uh, Khalil Her coming in here saying, "I'm flying to Denver for this game. Go Broncos!" Well, enjoy yourself, have fun, and uh, you know, hopefully it's a win for you. And hopefully those Raider fans aren't too uh, nasty. They have a reputation. Now, rightfully so. She has told us this once before, but is it Kayla or Kyla? Isn't it? Isn't that what it was? If you do that for me one more time, we won't have to ask again. Um, so Kayla I would age. say, I would say Kyla, but I'm not sure on that one. So uh, we'll have a good time. Kyla. Have a good time at the game. Hopefully, it is a beautiful uh, game. Make lots of noise and um, make our predictions come true. Because I, I like being right. That's what makes me happy. I like being right. Then uh, JC says, I'm late. You well, know what? So are we. So we went extra. Took a, we went extra chess for you. Um, Nick yeah. looks frozen again. You can go ahead and take a nap. Kyla. Okay, good. Um, and uh, Nick was frozen again. Go ahead and take a nap. And we'll let you get going. I know you are, uh, you've got stuff to do. And you got a little bit of a late start to your day. Well, I appreciate uh, Scott for holding down the fort and you guys for joining us today. We really do appreciate you. Um, this is obviously the uh, Broncos for Breakfast, part of the Huddle Up Podcast Network. You can find Scott and myself on Twitter, myself at Nick Kendall, MHH, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. Um, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And join us by on YouTube by subscribing, liking, and sharing. Thank you, everybody, for being patient. Uh, joining us today, special shout out to Scott for <laughs> holding it down and, uh, I'm okay. We're going to man- see. Yep. We got uh, Kyla manifesting here, which is phenomenal. And also manifesting Broncos 16 and Broncos uh, 15 and two. We've got to update that name there, but uh, $20 closer. coming the cl- in. The clothes are coming in. The clothes are coming in to send us out. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, Broncos 15 and two. And uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, we will see you uh, soon Good next night. Tuesday. And uh, Scott will see you tonight with uh, Zach. So uh, must see TV. Um, that'll be, that'll be great. Um, hopefully everybody has a good one. Um, make sure you're getting your sleep and I'm going to go make myself some coffee. All right. Peace guys. Love y'all go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.